It was not meant to be for the San Jose Sharks to get their second three-game winning streak. We'll break down this loss to the Florida Panthers, and we'll get into those trade wins starting to really blow around the National Hockey League right now here on Teal Town After Dark. Good evening, everyone. It is Thursday night, February 9th, 2023. The San Jose Sharks lose to the Florida Panthers 4-1. to Waka Waka. And if you're a longtime Panthers fan, you know what that meant. Welcome to Teal Town After Dark. This is your live interactive Sharks postgame. We do this after every game, so if you want to be part of the show, here's how you do it. Chat with us and fellow Sharks fans and hockey fans all over the world in Sharks territory on the YouTube page and the app. And of course, follow us on the social, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, SoundCloud, Reddit, Discord, TikTok, and find everything at tealtownusa.com. And of course, if you want to support the pod, you can do that on Venmo at tealtownusa or hit us up in our Super Chat donation. And with that, i like to say good evening to you, uh, Mr. Ian Reed. Hi. Hi. My name's Ian. <laughs> Today we're going to talk about the San Jose Sharks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. All right. We are the Sharks coming off that crazy come from behind uh, victory to the Tampa Bay Lightning. <laughs> you just threw me off there. Oh. <laughs> uh, uh, just a crazy comeback, and then you then you have this where Florida, obviously celebrating their seven one victory over their Tampa the night before the Sharks beat them, but but let's be honest here, they wanted they were really pissed off about Victory Rat getting pummeled by a Tampa Bay Lightning fan the other night. Yeah, little uh, little <laughs> unfortunate thing there. Like who beats up a mascot, right? I don't know. Like, don't 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 these people have people to protect them? They were just, the guy was just looking at him, like seriously. <laughs> oh, and let's be let's let's be honest here. Sharky would have kicked that guy's butt. Yeah, I mean, come on. All I right, Gritty would have thrown that guy into like on the ice. Uh, the the Panthers mascot threw his jersey and down a tunnel. I mean, uh, I would be afraid to see what Gritty would actually do when he throw him down the tunnel with them. Oh, boy. All right. Joking aside, uh, Sharks get into this with a chance to go uh, streaking. F well, I guess, uh, you know, in the search of a three-game winning streak. The interesting th one here, Panthers hadn't gone on a three-game winning streak pr prior to tonight's game. So that's going to be an interesting one there. Bobrovsky's always dominated the Sharks. Kakinen is first time playing his third game in a row, albeit, you know, third game in two weeks. Uh, but, you know, they got going a little early. I mean, Barabanov gets that goal to make it one nothing. Um, a nice play. I, I know they only gave it to Carlson, but I thought also Acemont did, did some stuff there down low to get them the opening goal. Yeah, I mean, it was 
Okay, it was a nice setup. I, I, I've, I've liked Yisimon so far. Um, I think he's done, he's done work. I just this team's lineup dif- decisions continue to puzzle me. And we've mentioned, like again, like I just, I like, like Ace Month's been fine, right? But, but here's another guy who the Sharks are gonna bring in that is gonna play way over his fucking head, and then other guys like just can't even lace up their skates so i don't know man it's great like i don't i i don't dislike like i don't want people to think that i dislike eastmont i think he's been great right i just but i know what he is right and i just like i don't know this whole team befuddles me i assuming you're referring to why labank is scratched again yeah i just in general like just lineup choices i mean labank being scratched like maybe they're going to trade him and maybe that's, you know, maybe something's close. Maybe that's why Reimer hasn't, you know, played in a couple of games. Although I think Kakanen was really good. Like the last couple of games, like I don't, I don't hang this on Kakanen at all. I think he's been actually pretty good the last couple of games, which is nice to see because I think he's had a season to absolutely forget. Um, So I do want to give him credit there. Um, You know, Kevin LeBanc again, but you know, we've talked about this on previous shows too, right? Like, but this is coach three. So what's, there's something going on there that we don't know about. Right. Something's not kosher at the moment because for as offensively talented as Kevin LeBanc is. This is the third time, the yeah. third coach where he's ended up in the doghouse by the end of the season. So I don't know what it is. I'd be fascinated to find out what it is. But like, and I'm not, again, I'm not like this isn't me simping for, for Quinn here, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, but, but these are facts. Like you can't deny that this has become a recurring thing under three different coaches with Kevin LeBanc. So well, I think, you know, again, like, you know, you can dress Gregor and LeBanc at the same time. It's okay. You can do it. Right. There's no rule saying you can't, but the sharks continue to be like, nope, only one of them can dress and, you know, but all our fourth liners playing on, you know, every line in the, on the team, those guys can stay. You need that Jonah Gadjevich, that's for sure. I mean, come on. Uh, PJ48 in the chat. I like Asimont, but why is he on the second line? He isn't going to play there next Bingo. season. And Bingo. how can you trade LeBanc if he isn't on the ice? I completely agree. Go ahead, Leon. No, I, I, and like then that's my point, right? Like, I like Asimont, but again, he's another guy that they've just elevated beyond his station because he plays the game the right way. Well, you know, I mean, and that's fine, I guess, you know, if the goal is losing, which the Sharks are doing well right now. I just, I just don't understand. <laughs> yeah. I, it, it's, it's a little weird to, I, I just, it, it's a head scratcher to me because if you're yeah. going to try to eventually move him and he's not going to be part of your team, then why do you have him? And not to bring up a golden state warrior reference, but it's why, why do you have James Wiseman if you're not going to play him? Then move him like the Warriors did today, you know? Uh, well, I mean, here's the problem, right? Like, Kevin LeBanc makes almost $5 million. Right. Um, so, obviously, like, that is a significant cap number for, I think, a lot of teams that would be interested. Even if you retain cap, like, it's... I think the problem with the NHL salary cap structure with with COVID doing what it does is you have like, I think Kevin LeBanc is a good player, but he's not an elite player. And I think the problem is, is the NHL has too many 
good players making too much money. Yeah. Right. And like, and again, now if I, Kevin LeBanc signed his deal before COVID happened last, I remember, I don't know. It feels like it's been 400 years. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But I think with the current situation now, like obviously the cap eventually is going to go up again, but until it does like players like Kevin LeBanc making almost $5 million. Like that's, what's really putting the screws I think to some teams and it makes, it makes them hard to move too, because again, you had to have to retain cap. Um, and that the sharks, you know, look at eventually at some point, the sharks don't want the cap to go up only for that to cover the number of players that are still paying to not play for them. Salary retention or buyouts at this point, you know, uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's the last thing you want to do is just have t- that much dead money only to have the cap increase by a, essentially a million if it goes up a million like we've talked about uh, on uh, Sunday. So Sharks off to a good start. One nothing lead after tw- after 20. Then the second period begins. I thought they looked decent, but I thought Florida really took it to them. And and again, it, a Gadjevich fight with the. You know, this time it's Johnny Smith, and um, and the other team grabs the momentum off of it. You know, Reinhardt gets a pair of goals to kind of give the Panthers a two-one lead. You know, into uh, the locker room after forty minutes. Yeah, um, yeah, and again, one of those, and again, like one of those last-minute goals that have just seemed to plague the Sharks all season. Um, I, I don't know. I thought, but overall, though, I thought, like, like the Sharks hung around in this game for a long time. Um, and I, I think they do deserve some credit. I think Kapo Kakinen deserves a ton of credit because I think he made a, a ton of Absolutely. really good saves tonight. Like, I think this was probably one of his best games in quite some time. Um, obviously... You know, it wasn't meant to be. I don't think. I I thought the Sharks had their chances, though. Right. I I, I thought they had some nice chances, uh, and you saw, you saw Meyer with some chances. Hurdle got some chances in there. Uh, I thought they were very competitive in this game, and as we mentioned before throughout the year, at least this has been entertaining. I and mean, I thought they played fairly well. Yeah, like I I don't like. There have been games this year where it's like, wow, I was complete waste of my time i don't think i wouldn't say that about this game despite how it ended no. like i was i was into it i was into it for most of the game um i don't like the way it ended obviously but or maybe i do i mean depends on <laughs> it depends on what you're coming from right well yeah it, it, i mean yeah well yeah of course if you're on team tank you're loving this because the sharks finally lost in regulation uh, um but at the third period I mean, I, I realistically, I thought the Panthers really took over yeah. the third period. And then you had that four-minute double minor on Meyer where he got high stick pressure you twice. And, yeah, brutal. And, yeah, br- brutal was pretty much the, the way you could describe this power play uh, late in the game. Um, and that goes without saying for, for a number of things. You know, Carlson turns the puck over. Nobody's moving. I mean... Freaking Carlson's in the jumbo spot on on the half boards on the right side looking for something, and it's like nothing's there. Um, it's just, 
you got to be better than that. And I think going back into the chat, SJ Sharks fan thirty nine uh, saying a four minute power play. You don't take out the goalie until halfway through. The offensive zone time was non existent. That power play might have been the worst excuse of a, for a power play I've seen all season long, and the power play has been terrible. Yeah, it's it was bad. I mean, that whole, you know, they had they tried to, I think it, they got a little too loose trying to get things going. I think they tried to force a lot of plays, and I think when you try and force a lot of plays, um, you're, you're going to see what happened tonight where I think turnovers happened, right? And I think... Um, I understand. Look at. I understand why you'd want to get the puck to Eric Carlson. Eric Carlson's kind of driven the bus all year. Um, but I feel like they just. I don't know. I felt like they're just trying to force plays to him instead of, you know, yeah. looking for what was there. And I think the Florida Panthers keyed in on the fact that the puck was going to Carlson, and they played it properly. And the, um, you know, and made Eric Carlson look kind of silly on a couple of occasions that led to. A couple of empty net goals. I'm kind of surprised. The other thing I'm kind of surprised with, though, is they didn't empty the net sooner. Because I thought there was a portion of that power play where Kokkinen was still in net. I mean, look at yeah. what's the worst that can happen, right? You lose the game. Well, you're already losing anyway. Who cares? And again, with the, where the Sharks are, they can afford to stop putting points on the board at this point. So, so yeah, that's a tough one. And then, of course, Eric Stahl gets two empty net goals, two shorthanded empty net goals. Um, which, you know, uh, we'd have to look in the playbook or playbook record book and, or, or uh, I know uncle Darren Stevens will, will probably put it out on Twitter. Like when's the last time the sharks have allowed two shorthanded empty net goals. Uh, but either way, it's a four, one final for the sharks losing to the Florida Panthers for the Panthers. It's their first three game winning streak all season. Yeah, I think if there's a team that would probably want to have a do-over on their summer, I'm pretty sure it's the Florida Panthers. Just, I don't know what, like, the Panthers are a weird team to me because they, you know, I mean, obviously they made moves that I thought they were going to get better. Um, but, like, but then you also do that, like, you bring in Paul Maurice, like... It's it's weird to me, right? Like, I understand that they weren't happy with the way they left the playoffs last year. But at the same time, like, and I like Paul Maurice, but, like, Paul Maurice isn't the guy that I bring in to, like, take my team over the hump to win a cup, right? Like, Paul Maurice is the guy I bring in, like, to a rebuilding team or, or you know, a team that's kind of, like, lost their way. Yeah. Yeah, whereas I don't feel like I, I thought Florida, Florida really overreacted to the way they went out of the playoffs last year, um, and I'm, yeah, I don't know. I, I I was really surprised as to why they didn't extend Andrew Burnett after what he did after taking over for Quinville. So yeah, <laughs> they they did they did him kind of dirty, but I mean, didn't he like? Isn't he didn't didn't he just get like nabbed with a DUI or something? So he knows. did in Florida. So maybe they kind of maybe long term. I, I don't know. I <laughs> I still think like the, I just think they overreacted to the, the the to going out to the lightning. And I think sometimes teams do that, right? Where they make a lot of rash decisions. Look, I don't I don't hate um I don't hate all their moves, but I just feel like they really overreacted and. And they've got some, you know, they've they, they've had an interesting team build as is. And I don't know, like I, you can't go wrong, like bringing in a guy like like a Chuck, I think is fine. 
Um, but I just, yeah, behind the bench, I, I still scratch my head at like, oh, you think you need to get over the hump so you bring in Paul Maurice. I don't know. Just seems weird to me. And, and if I'm not mistaken, Barkov's, you know, uh, and, and granted, I, I don't, I didn't see him on the ice tonight. In fact, just looking into the score sheet, he's not even listed on the, on there. Uh, he hasn't, he hasn't been the, the same with Huberdeau gone. And, no. Yeah, and, and that's that's a bummer for for him because I've always loved Barkov's play, but uh, it's a different team around. It's a little got more um, more toughness to it, you know, more grit, more sandpaper at least. I don't know what toughness, but sandpaper, sure. You know, uh, I, I I didn't even you know Montour got I think underneath the skin of the Sharks a little bit during that second period, and it's like oh boy. You know, uh, he he hit Couture where he was out for a bit. I mean, you talk about in talk about guys who were uh, getting banged up. You know, Sturm and Ferraro block shots. Uh, all of them stayed in the game, so good on them. Uh, you just hope that they're uh, okay and ready to go for Washington on Sunday. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Carlson did get an assist. Despite a rough night turning it over and a minus three for that matter, uh, which means he was on the ice for literally all the goals. Yeah. But for Carlson, he's the first dispenseman. Dispenseman. Let me try it again. <laughs> Carlson's the first defenseman since mm-hmm. Paul Coffey in 88 89 to get to the 70 point mark in his 53rd game of the year. Uh, so if you're going to have that, at least you got that. But. Dang it, EK. Uh, rough night for you, bud. Yeah, and again, like, you know, I think I'm not trying to, like, shield Eric Carlson from criticism, but I also think, like, it just, again, like, the Sharks were trying to force the puck to him, and the Panthers read it perfectly, and they played it perfectly. Right. Synex is an O's thing just as much as that, so. So, a lot. <laughs> PJ48. <laughs> uh, Carlson got three assists for Florida tonight. Yeah. Unfortunately, they don't count toward uh, his search for 100. So that goes in the books as a 4 1 loss for the Sharks. Uh, you know, so quick little recap on that. Uh, but um, I guess the trade winds have been blowing Ian, especially mm-hmm. today uh, a quick recap of what did happen you know the rangers acquired vladimir tarasenko and nico mikola from the blues the blues get sammy blay back uh, hunter skinner uh, they get a get a first round pick uh, we'll find out later if it's their the blue or if it's new york's or dallas's sorry for the typo there and a 2024 fourth round pick a- and with all the trade wins now, now that the Islanders got Bo Horvat, you know, they had that haul as well with, you know, the Canucks getting, you know, Bavillier and Ratty and, and a conditional 2023 first. Yeah. You have to think this is kind of around the haul that they, the Sharks would get if they were to move Timo. You would hope so. I mean, if I not better, I, yeah, I like I think better. I mean, look at if I look at um if I I like Vladimir Tarasenko, but like I don't like man, maybe maybe like going to a new team will will, you know, maybe just lights on fire 
being on the Rangers, but like, I like I would rather have Timo Meyer at this point in his career than Vladimir Tarasenko. Agreed. Uh, and and Tarasenko's been trying to get out of St. Louis for a couple of years now. Yeah, I'm surprised it took as long as uh, it did for him to to get out there. Yeah, but I just I don't know, man. Like. I look at like let me let me look this up here quick. You can look that up. Uh, I'll go through the chat. I think we got some um, some comments from the dressing room while we do that. Uh, from Hurdle on the four minute power play, we got a couple of looks, couple of shots. We should probably get get it in. Maybe we need to be more patient. Uh, Hurdle also said too many turnovers, and in the D zone, we cheat and make it easy on them. We should we had chances we should have put in. Uh, Hurdle is very talkative tonight, apparently. I have to shoot more and stop looking for the other guys. I had a great couple of chances tonight did. that I didn't bury. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I would agree with that 110%. Uh, Hakkinen was saying overall good game. Structure was good. We only took one penalty. We'll give them that. They only did take one penalty, but uh, uh, good job on the PK. But the uh, unfortunately, the power play 0 for 3 and allowed two shorties. Uh, Quinn w- went on to say, we looked good early, then got sloppy. Here's that word again. It's demoralizing to give up a goal at the end of the period. Too many times this year, your story of our season in a lot of ways. Yeah, so I'm just looking up now. Like, you're getting, like, in Vladimir Tarasenko, sorry to bounce us back here. You're good. You're Tarasenko's good. 31. And it's 19, has, sorry, 29 points. He has 10 goals, 19 assists, 29 points this year. 31. Timo Meyer is significantly younger. Like, <laughs> if if the like, I would be super annoyed if if the Sharks took that return from New York for Timo Meyer. Now, how many games has Tarasenko played this year? That's a curious one. Thirty-eight. Thirty-eight games, and he's got twenty-nine points. While Meyer has thirty goals, right. In essentially forty some odd games, because he ha- he was on the Schneid for like the first ten, twelve games of the year. So, yeah, yeah like, uh, it, like, and again, like, and and here's the other thing too, right? Like, obviously, like the Tarasenko thing kind of got stirred up a little bit recently, right? But but here's the thing that like this is the point that I cannot make enough. The Sharks don't have to trade Timo Meyer. Timo Meyer hasn't asked out. No, he hasn't said trade me right effing now. Right, like he hasn't asked out. Like the Sharks don't have to trade Timo Meyer. So you can you can say if you don't give me the return I want, you can hang up the phone. Right. You don't have to trade him. You can put him out there. You don't even have to say done deal. You can just look at it and be like, hey, this is what they want and everything. And for that matter, God, what was it? I think it was. I think it was Sportsnet 590, the fan up in Toronto. And I, I laughed at, at what one of their one of their guys was asking. Mm-hmm. They were saying, to Toronto, Timo Meyer, Stephen Lawrence, the Sharks would receive Pierre Engvall, oh. Alex Kerfoot, Matthew Kniez, a 2023 third rounder, and a 2024 second rounder. I'm like, <laughs> If yeah, it, if like, you don't if you don't have a first rounder in there, it's a no. I, uh, yeah, I mean, it's garbage, man. Like this again, everyone, everyone needs content, including us. I, I just, yeah, it's, I just find that laughable. Yeah, it, it's, it's an incredibly laughable <laughs> return for Dilmer, absolutely. Oh. And I would hang up the phone. 
Absolutely. And, and for that matter, I don't know if Toronto would even be able to re-sign him unless it unless there's a big name coming back. So. Yeah, they, I mean, they, I don't know how they make that, that cap work. But, and that's the other thing too, right? Like, you have to, if you're a team that is going to give up a bunch of assets for Timo Meyer, like, you're not going to... You're, 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 you have to risk that he just signs his QO, right? Yeah. The Leafs don't have $10 million in cap space for Timo Meyer's qualifying offer. No. And you're not going to, you're not going to not qualify him and make him a UFA. So you give up a bunch of assets for nothing. I don't know, man. I'm surprised that we've had as many big moves so far as we've seen because I didn't think there would be much going on I mean obviously like you still hear like obviously um Chicago has a couple of guys that they could probably move for for something and I I think for if you're in their situation you just trade them for whatever at this point because I think anything's better than the, the, the Hawks aren't going anywhere you have a bajillion you have bajillions of cap space like I, you know, like obviously I think they would obviously want a decent return for either Taze or Kane, but but you could you could take a mediocre return because again, they could just walk as UFAs anyway. So what's the point, right? And, and for that matter, they hold the, all the cards, if I'm not mistaken. They they both have no moves. Yes, in Chicago. Yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah, no moves. And and again, like Chicago is all the cast space. So you know, if they if they want to retain Max on both contracts, they absolutely can. I think they would still even hit the floor. Right. So, <laughs> I I, I there, there's all that. So all that's happening. You get Horvat, Tarasenko. I think it was our good friend Gen X who tweeted out mm -hmm. the the live look at what TSN is prepping for Trade Center was them balancing uh, and spinning plates on a table. Yeah, it's, it's that's that's the thing, right? Like, you're gonna, especially as it gets closer, you hear, oh, this this name might move, this name might move. But again, it's just a bunch of carnies trying to make you watch their four hour trade deadline show where nothing's gonna happen. So join us on March third when we. No. <laughs> we'll come on and talk about anything happens after. Yeah. I'm not no. For oh no, no 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 no! If a waiting trade... for the sharks to trade James Reimer for a fourth. No, we won't do that. We won't do that. But if a trade does come out, uh, come down for the Sharks, we will be on no matter. I don't want to say no matter what, but, you know. No uh, matter what. The world ends, we'll still be here. That's right. Uh, <laughs> looking in the chat here, uh, AO, uh, one, two, three, four, five teams are just trying to lowball Sharks because sure. they know our s situation and a new and experienced general manager. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm sure they're going to get a bunch of baloney offers, right? Yeah. But it's again, it's. I just hope that Mike Greer remembers that he doesn't have to trade Timo Meyer. Hey, uh, I mean, with that, with that uh, puck off the off the noggin uh, earlier today, hell, the the earthquakes are probably going to call. For <laughs> I, seriously, what's next? But I mean, let's see. We've heard. I think Kevin Weeks tweeted us that Carolina's interested. Obviously, the Rangers are out, so I'm guessing it's the Devils and even, dare I say, the yeah. Vegas Golden Knights? How? Again, you know, again, the cap's a thing. Uh, I would, I would so. love I would love for them to bring in Timo Meyer and then just future considerations, another big money guy, and just gift a team another player because <laughs> they can't manage the cap. Oh, my um, gosh. 
yeah, again and again, right? Like, oh, the Golden Knight with what cap space? I, I understand like they've got some LTIR space, but then you have to plan ahead of this year. And like, and again, like if I'm the Golden Knights, where's let me take a look at the standings. You right look now. at that. I, I to me, I don't know what's going on anymore. I'm just like I have nothing prepared like I normally do. But but to me, I, I I'm gonna look at Seattle. I'm surprised Seattle hasn't been calling for them calling for him yet because i would think the seattle would be in you know in in play for it and they could sign him yeah but isn't this kind of like for seattle isn't this kind of found money oh sure i mean it's a second year i mean there are no vegas thank god they had one year well let's see uh, cap space for Seattle is, you know, 574,000 because everybody and their mother is. Yeah. They, look, they, they've got things that they're going to have to do too. I don't know. They, they don't make a lot of sense. Right. And if you want to talk about guys making too many guys making $5 million, look at the uh, Seattle Kraken. I think they've got, they've got things that they're going to have to do eventually though. Like, I don't know. It just doesn't, I don't think it makes sense. Like Timo Meyer doesn't make sense there. I think if you're a team like, you know, like Carolina, the Devils, I think the Devils really, they're the team that fascinate me the most because obviously, look at, you know, the Rangers have made their move. So now I'm kind of waiting to see what the Devils do because I think the Devils are going to want to make um, their own move now, right? It's kind of an arms race between the two of them. And I'm curious to see what happens. Man, the Devils, they have been, you know, if you want to talk about teams being the bridesmaid, that has been the New Jersey Devil. It seems like they've been in on a lot of things and they've just never gotten the player. Yeah. Uh, and, so and I think them. as as well as the as as good as the Devils have been this year, like I think if the Devils come out of this trade deadline and they haven't made any moves again, like I think there's going to be a lot of discontent in New Jersey. We shall see. Uh, of course, Heeshear is there, so there's a little bit of a carrot dangling for them. Um, and, and, man, Devils have been awesome this year. Hell, especially on the road. Uh, so who who knows what's, what's next uh, for them? I mean, <laughs> I, I like how the chat is helping out on where where he could go. Colorado has seven point two million dollar cap space. Minnesota ten point eight. Uh, Buffalo will not make a move doing the doing to the owner having a recent heart attack. Uh, uh, I mean, Buffalo Buffalo is a team that I I think is fascinating to watch. Like they're currently sitting four points out of the wild card spot, but um, I mean, the team that they're chasing in the Pittsburgh Penguins have played the same amount of game as them, but like the Islanders. And the Panthers um, have both played four and five more games. So, yeah, the, the Panthers and the Islanders have more points, but they have five games in hand on the Islanders and four on the Penguins. And fortunately for are not sorry, on the Panthers and five, five on the Islanders and four on the Panthers. Now, unfortunately for them, the Penguins, the team that hold the last wild card spot, have played the same amount of game as them. So they do have to make up some ground there. But Buffalo, if you looked at it like a quick glance, you'd, you'd think, oh, Buffalo is way out of there. But they're not. Right. They're, they're really not that far out. No. And it's it's quite interesting. Good on Buffalo for doing what they've been doing. I mean, yeah, Vegas is in first place with, <laughs> with 
with the Kraken, Oilers, and Kings just a point behind. That's just a crazy race. But, ooh, the Pacific Division sucked. Um, you know, it's nice to see Buffalo making a research here. And I, I know Ao mentioned it. That Eichel trade sure worked, sure panned out for Vegas so well for them. Uh, he was so. fine. Like him and Stone together are are, are stupid good. Um, again, I don't know. Vegas is a tricky thing because I feel like they're a team that I know they're in first in the Pacific and I know they're having a pretty decent season, but I just wonder if it's just if you're the Golden Knights, do you just stand pat? Can they handle standing pat for the first time franchise history? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Ask Bill Foley. Um, but I feel like that's a team that I wonder if they should just stand pat. Like, I don't... Again, like, how... They, they've... I, I admire the aggressiveness on how aggressive they've been trying to get that cup. But um, I feel like they've also shorten their window significantly quicker i i don't know if that's maybe that's maybe that's a little hyperbolic but i feel like the they could have had a again it's hard to it's hard to say this about a team that's first in their division but (laughs) but you know what i mean like i just feel like eventually all these moves are going to add up and i just wonder if like if you know do they really want to make another move that might Maybe, you know, maybe it helps them win a round or two this year, but then does it screw them in the long term? Yeah, and that's the that's the tough part. It's kind of like the Sharks right now. It's like you've done so many moves to get to the to win the big shiny thing, and now you're paying the price for everything for that success or yeah. not success, you know. Uh, so... Sharks at 43 points at 16, 26, and 11. Uh, yeah, 11. We would have been last for not those uh, loser points. Uh, they are currently the fifth worst team in the league. So for those on Team Tank, you know, that means, I believe, a 8.5% chance at, at Connor Bedard. So we'll see how that goes for that, but... Sunday morning, pre-Super Bowl, Sharks and Capitals. Um, let's hope Ovechkin doesn't go off. No, let's hope he does. Again, they're fifth. We need to get we need to get lower in the standings. They are currently. Uh, we need we need to we need to increase those lottery odds a little bit. <laughs> come on, Coyotes! Come on, Ducks! You're only three points back. Come on, come on! You know you want to. And Anaheim's been on a, a slowly but surely been picking up points here and there, so they're they're hanging in there. But, yeah, uh, and I, I'm curious again. Like, there's some teams here that I just wonder. You know, again, Chicago. I think is. I don't think anyone's gonna get ahead of Chicago, and I think Chicago's gonna definitely make some moves to make their team significantly worse. Um, so I think that you know they're fine, but yeah, I mean. Again, it would be nice if uh, Arizona or the Anaheim could pick up a few points and help us out a little bit. Yes. We should mention as a program reminder that uh, you will get a double dip of Teal Town on Sunday. There will be an after dark following Sharks and Capitals. Landy will be with somebody. 
Uh, and then Pucknologist will return to its normal spot at 7 p.m. following the Super Bowl. So you can recap the week that was in Sharks Hockey on that one. And of course, if you, in case you missed anything or you want to watch this again, check us out on tealtownusa.com or your favorite podcatcher, whether it's Apple, Google, YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, TuneIn, iHeart, Odyssey, always available at tealtownusa.com. Of course, you're watching us right now on the replay or live, you know, Give us a thumbs up, subscribe, hit that notification bell. That'll let you know when we do go live on the show. So, ah, so I think that kind of just wraps it up. Unless you got anything else to add, good sir? I got nothing. He's got nothing. I, I will say rest in peace, Burt Bacharach. The songwriter passed away today. He was the one who wrote... Uh, do you know the way to San Jose? Sang by uh, Dion Warwick. So oh, there you go. So there, there's, there's a little San Jose little <laughs> thing there. But uh, so with that, we'll get out of here for Ian, who's at Ian Blogs Hockey. I'm at Puck Guy 14 on the Twitter, the Instagram. Well, we will be back with you Sunday afternoon as you're making your wings, your salsa, is all that good stuff. So until then, thanks for watching and, and keep it real. Keep it teal. Keep it real teal. Have a great night, everyone. We'll see you Sunday afternoon and Sunday night. You're right on the YouTube channel. Good night, everyone.